European Hearts Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 39, Issue 35, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Assessing coronary plaques, non-invasive and intracoronary imaging and hemodynamic measurements. The atherosclerotic plaque is the hidden culprit of angina and infarction. Commonly, we assume that a coronary plaque that causes ischemia and or angina is clinically relevant, although we've learned that even non-obstructive plaques can cause acute coronary syndromes. The assessment of hemodynamically relevant plaque is challenging. The so-called gold standard, i.e. coronary angiography, only provides an estimate of the significance of luminal narrowing as it provides only two-dimensional pictures of the lumen and, unless it is analysed quantitatively, also involves a lot of subjectivity. Intracoronary imaging with intravascular ultrasound, or IVUS, and optical coherence tomography, or OCT, although invasive, has the big advantage that it can provide both a quantitative and three-dimensional assessment of the entire coronary tree, as outlined in the consensus document entitled Clinical Use of Intracoronary Imaging, Part 1, Guidance and Optimization of Coronary Interventions, an expert consensus document of the European Association of Percutaneous Cardiovascular Interventions, authored by Lorenz Reber and colleagues from the ESC Scientific Document Group. Intracoronary imaging can be used to guide percutaneous coronary interventions, or PCI, particularly in patients with complex anatomy. Specifically, prior to PCI, IVUS or OCT can be used for optimizing stent sizing, i.e. stent length and diameter, and planning the procedural strategy. Post-implantation, the consensus group recommends key parameters that characterize an optimal PCI result and provides cutoffs to guide corrective measures and optimize the stenting result. Moreover, routine performance of intracoronary imaging in patients with stent failure, i.e. restenosis or stent thrombosis, is recommended, although further research is required. Molecular imaging goes a step further and uses molecules involved in the atherosclerotic process to visualize vulnerable plaque that requires particular attention. In their basic science paper, myeloperoxidase is a potential molecular imaging and therapeutic target for the identification and stabilization of high-risk atherosclerotic plaque. Roland Stocker and colleagues from the Victor Chang Cardiac Research Institute in Darlinghurst, New South Wales, Australia, use the inflammatory enzyme myeloperoxidase, or MPO, that is abundantly expressed in ruptured atherosclerotic plaques. They employed the tandem stenosis model of plaque instability in apolipoprotein E gene knockout mice. To test the role of myeloperoxidase, they used MPO and APOE double knockout mice and the 2-thioxanthine myeloperoxidase inhibitor AZM198. Myeloperoxidase activity was twofold greater in plaque with unstable compared to stable phenotype. 
Genetic deletion of myeloperoxidase significantly increased fibrous cap thickness and decreased plaque fibrin and hemosiderin content in plaque of the unstable phenotype. AZM198 inhibited myeloperoxidase activity and increased fibrous cap thickness and decreased fibrin and hemosiderin in unstable plaques, without affecting lesion monocytes and red blood cell markers or circulating leukocytes and lipids. Myeloperoxidase gadolinium MRI demonstrated sustained enhancement of plaque with unstable phenotype on T1-weighted imaging that was twofold greater than in stable plaques and was attenuated by both AZM198 treatment and deletion of the myeloperoxidase gene. Thus, myeloperoxidase is involved in plaque instability, and non-invasive imaging and pharmacological inhibition of plaque myeloperoxidase activity hold promise for clinical translation in the management of high-risk coronary artery disease as outlined in an editorial by Willem Mulder from the Translational and Molecular Imaging Institute in New York, USA. Although IVUS OCT and in the future also molecular imaging provide insights into the vulnerability of plaques, they provide only indirect evidence as to their hemodynamic relevance. This is the domain of pressure wire assessment of coronary stenosis, which is considered the invasive reference standard today for the detection of ischemia-generating lesions. Recently, Methods to estimate the fractional flow reserve, or FFR, from conventional angiography without the use of a pressure wire have been developed and were shown to have an excellent diagnostic accuracy. In their meta-analysis, Diagnostic Performance of Angiography-Derived Fractional Flow Reserve, a Systematic Review and Bayesian Meta-Analysis, Patrick W. Soroys and colleagues from Imperial College London in the UK determined the diagnostic performance of angiography-derived FFR for the diagnosis of hemodynamically significant coronary artery disease using data from 13 studies and 1,842 vessels. A Bayesian bivariate meta-analysis yielded a pooled sensitivity of 89%, specificity of 90%, positive likelihood ratio of 9.3, and negative likelihood ratio of 0.13. The summary area under the receiver operating curve, or SROC, was 0.84. Meta-regression analysis did not find differences between the methods for pressure drop calculation, type of analysis, or software packages. Thus, the accuracy of angiography-derived FFR is appropriate to detect hemodynamically significant lesions. Therefore, a diagnostic strategy trial with angiography-derived fractional flow reserve evaluating clinical endpoints is warranted. In everyday clinical practice, Non-invasive tests such as stress ECG, stress echocardiography, coronary computed tomography angiography, single photon emission computed tomography, positron emission tomography, and cardiac magnetic resonance are essential to identify patients requiring coronary angiography. 
The usefulness of such tests is evaluated in another meta-analysis entitled The Performance of Non-Invasive Tests to Rule In and Rule Out Significant Coronary Artery Stenosis in Patients with Stable Angina, a meta-analysis focused on post-test disease likelihood by Jahani Kanuti and colleagues from the Turku University Hospital in Finland. They used ranges of pre-test probability of coronary artery disease, or CAD, and determined how these diagnostic modalities can reclassify patients into a post-test probability that defines, i.e. greater than 85%, or excludes, i.e. fewer than 15%, anatomically and functionally significant CAD in 28,664 patients from 132 studies that used invasive coronary angiography as reference and 4,131 from 23 studies using fractional flow reserve. Stress ECG can rule in and rule out anatomically significant CAD only when pre-test probability is greater than or equal 80% and less than or equal 19% respectively. Coronary computed tomography and geography is able to rule in anatomic CAD at a pre-test probability of greater than or equal 58% and rule out at a pre-test probability of less than or equal 80%. The corresponding pre-test probability values for functionally significant CAD were greater than or equal 75% and less than or equal 57% for coronary computed tomography and geography, and greater than or equal 71% and less than or equal 27% for invasive coronary angiography, demonstrating poorer performance of anatomical imaging against fractional flow reserve. In contrast, functional imaging techniques such as positron emission tomography stress cardiac magnetic resonance and single photon emission computed tomography are able to rule in functionally significant CAD when pre-test probability is greater than or equal 46 to 59% and rule out when pre-test probability is less than or equal 34 to 57%. Thus, non-invasive diagnostic modalities have different optimal performance ranges for the detection of anatomically and functionally significant CAD, with stress ECG having very limited diagnostic power. The selection of a diagnostic technique for any given patient to rule in or rule out CAD should be based on the optimal pre-test probability range for each test, a recommendation that is put into perspective in a thoughtful editorial by Udo P. Sechtem from the Robert Bosch Hospital in Stuttgart, Germany. This issue is further completed by two discussion forum contributions relating to a recent paper entitled Patients with Acute Myocardial Infarction and Non-Obstructive Coronary Arteries, Safety and Prognostic Relevance of Invasive Coronary Provocative Tests by Giampoli Nicoli and colleagues from the Catholic University of the Sacred Heart in Rome, Italy. In their comment entitled 
Is invasive coronary provocation testing cost-effective among Minoka patients? Giuseppe Siliberti and colleagues from the Marche Polytechnic University Faculty of Medicine in Ancona, Italy, comment on this article. Nicoli and colleagues respond to this comment in their contribution entitled Personalized Treatment of Minoka, an Unmet Need in a High-Risk Population. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.